Hellraiser 2 sets the stage for Pinhead's return with a not-so-subtle glimpse of his face attached to that spinning column. Clive moves on to start working on Nightbreed, but as mentioned, this is a man whose cup is never full, and he begins writing Hellraiser 3 while on the set. Everything seems great. Until a series of events causes a total meltdown in the world of Hellraiser. Nightbreed bombs and bankrupts Clive's production company, and at the exact same time, New World files bankruptcy, leaving the rights to Hellraiser floating in the ether for anyone to scoop up. And it does get scooped up. Hellraiser continues, but we begin to see major cracks in a once revolutionary franchise that was considered the anti-Hollywood horror movie. This week, we watch Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, and the fourth film, Hellraiser Bloodline, and see if Doug and Clive can keep this ship afloat. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Serial Killer, the Hellraiser franchise. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Horror Show, the show dissects, mutilates, dismembers, and butchers all of your favorite and not-so-favorite horror movies and other horror-related events. I'm Sean. I'm Joe. Oh, I had a burp. I fucking held that sucker in, finished that intro, and then told everyone about it anyway. There you go. <laughs> hey, Joe. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Good, good, good. We got. Uh, I got a lot of nice messages after our last show, the the bipolar stuff, and I was just thinking about it, and I was just like, I I don't want to bring it up ever again, but I was just like, uh, I like not because it's like it's just because it's like what it doesn't matter, but I just want to say because I don't think I even finished my thought because I was too busy trying to make some fucking funny jokes, some hahas. Uh, my point of that, by the way, and everyone was super kind and super sweet with their messages, but I did, I was like, did I even finish like what the point of that was? Or did I just like rattle on and then jump into Hellraiser? Um, I just wanted to say the point of that was if you are feeling, if there, if you have some weird feelings, uh, go to a therapist and go to a psychiatrist. Cause it's not that fucking weird and they're super fucking helpful. And uh, just look for good ones on the internet. You can Google them and uh, find a good one. If you're feeling not so well or you think something seems a little off, you should definitely do it. Or if you're feeling okay, I don't know. Like Everyone should probably talk to somebody eventually. But um, that was like the bigger point of it all was like, don't avoid that shit. Like, just go in and fucking talk to someone. So I just wanted to say that because I was like, I don't think I ever got to the point. I think I just announced it and was like, <laughs> now for f- 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 Clive Barker. Yeah, well, uh, I agree with your message, and uh, I got a bunch of uh, not nice messages saying that I sounded like I was recording under an uh, underwater cave. So uh, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> trying a new rec- I'm trying a new receiver this time. Uh, we got we we've been working through some technical issues for the last few weeks. Um, Joe has like the nicest mic we've ever bought, um, but then we then we like but it actually like it's actually good that we did that because it narrowed it down to the the recorder itself which was shocking to me not that anyone gives a fuck about that but to me that was shocking because <laughs> i always thought it was like the I, I think the other mic did pick up like your furnace and some other like noises and i think this one isolates you more but then it was like getting this other feedback and i was like oh well that's not it was like digital feedback perhaps it was cd centibyte <laughs> the guy from Ooh. the hills by the way is that true yeah he was Heidi's boss. 
Famous DJ. <sighs> what? Before we kick these wonderful movies off, uh, any thoughts real quick? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, it, it, it's very bizarre, actually. So, first off, I've seen Hellraiser a ton of time, or Hellraiser three a ton of times. It used to always be on USA. I feel like I say that almost every episode for some reason. I find a way to crowbar that fact in there, which might not even be true. I might have just seen it once in USA, but I remember it not being as good as the first two. And we even did it way back when when we did our part threes for the show. I don't remember it being as incoherent as I did this viewing. Uh, and I had never seen part four before. But <laughs> I, I don't think either are good movies. And when I ended them, I was like, well, that was dumb. And then as I festered on them, I was like, you know what? I don't. It's okay. Like, I kind of am okay with them. They're not good. So, the, no, they're compared not Compared to the they're first two, the, I mean, dude, the drop off from, I mean, the first one's amazing, right? The second one ups the gore. They took some gambles with that storyline. Yeah. Does it always work? No. It's kind of it actually it's kind of a mess at the end, right? But it's still a good sequel and it was a fun sequel. The drop off in quality from 2 to 3 is astounding. It's absolutely astounding. And they took the, like the first two were about, you know, masochism and desire and pain and suffering. And this starting at part 3 they're like, "You know what? Let's just focus it on this guy with the pins in his head and we'll just go from there. Like he's got to be the face. It's just got to be about him. There's no like subplots, which I know I'm rambling, but I'm still like fired up about three. I say there's no subplots. If you ask the people that were making this film, they're like, yeah, this is part Tetsuo part apocalypse. Now it's not, it's fucking not dude. Just because you mentioned the war and had like flashbacks, you can't compare it to apocalypse. Now give me a the break. shittiest, the shittiest war flashbacks I've ever seen, by the way, like, like not even it is as lowest if, budget. <laughs> it is as if nobody had ever like watched a war film or spoken to anybody that's seen or lived through a war. There's this, there's a part where there's just bodies raining from the sky in a foxhole like dude what why is that happening at this point and on the same token it's as if nobody has ever been to a metal or a punk show right because because they tried oh to crowbar God, that, was that in. that was nuts and they had armored saint as the band which armored saint's fine but they're not, like if you're gonna go for like a cd New York. It's supposed to be like an S N M dirty bar, dude. It's called what is it called? It's called uh, not the body bag. It's called like no. Um, I have it written because because the boiler room, boiler room, boiler room. Yeah. So it's like it's supposed to be like the darkest, depraved fucking club in the world. You would expect like seedy. Dude, I would say is like the the most bubblegum of heavy metal, right? Just hard rock. <laughs> Uh, especially at that era, like it, they could have even gone back further. But not only that, when Armored Saint is not playing at that bar, they're playing they're playing like Manchester baggy music, you know, like EMF fucking style music. At all the other times, it's just like a jolly good fun pub. So was, they couldn't even ask anyone on set, like, "Hey, what do these metal shows like look or sound like?" <laughs> they just and they put know. in whatever. I mean, they fucking know. Like it's so fucking bizarre. Like everything that happens in these movies, the nineties are bizarre for films. For, for and you know what's crazy too? I was thinking about this. Uh, my friend Lexi was talking about how she was like she's like everyone i work with like all the people like a little bit older than her like they're like when she talks about horror movies they talk about hellraiser and i was like you know there was a time like 
that 90s period, like Hellraiser was like the franchise in the 90s. Like it really kind of was like it hit like, dude, it was on TV. Like Pinhead was a yep. thing. Um, and it's so fucking weird that this is these are the movies that like surrounded that hype. Yeah, because they're not good. Yeah, it is weird to think about it because Pinhead is so recognizable as a horror icon, and he's barely in the first one. The second one, he's killed, right? And yes, he's and he's not really the main villain in either of those movies. And then here, I mean, he's doing his best Han Solo impression for the first hour because he's frozen in the fucking carbonite, bro. He talks so fucking much in the third movie, like his monologues <laughs> in three are fucking nuts, are fucking crazy. But but in both three and four, he has some of like the most quotable best lines in the franchise. I love what he says I, in these movies. I agree with that, but that's I mean it's also because he's got like three thousand lines, so you can fucking yes. pull fucking. <laughs> but he does have some really cool ones. He does, but also he is surrounded by some of the worst one-liners in these movies. Yeah, his, for sure. His his dialogue is great. Everyone else's one-liners and dialogue are. It is, uh, it's fucking abysmal. It's fucking crazy to, to see. It's bad. Four, I cannot believe it got a theatrical release. I cannot believe four got a theatrical release. There were multiple times sitting through four where, where I had that thought. I was like, could you imagine being in the theater and just be like, you had to like look around at the one other person that was there and be like, what the fuck is this? I mean, cause it's, we're it's like it, USA. It. Like it is, like it USA. is like, yes, exactly. Exactly. And, they had the gall to try and put the franchise in this one movie in space back in the 16th century, the nineties. And then the year like 2070, like 2700. I don't even know what year it was. I have, I have it written down. We'll talk about when we get there, but they're, they're in three different time frames, and they're in outer space. That is ridiculous. Out of control. <laughs> so the audacity. That they thought they could pull that off. But in a slight defense, it's honestly way more coherent than I would expect something like that to be. Like you can un- at you least know, understand what was happening. When it started jumping around, I was like, oh, this is going to be a fucking disaster. I was like, this is this is going to be a fucking mess. And it wasn't. You're right. It wasn't. And um, I do have some information a little bit about that and why they chose to do that. Um and I think that would explain why it wasn't as incoherent as it should have been. Uh, most mostly thanks to Clive Barker, being honest. Um, but um, well, that's why so I, I like doing the serial killers on like one person. I I think I like doing the serial killers on one person, like we did with Romero, more than a franchise, because at least Romero has an artistic, you know, vision that is prevalent right. throughout all the films, whereas we had Clive Barker's the first two, and then we have, now we got to talk about an Alan Smithy film, because the person didn't want his name attached to part four. So it's like, Dude, franchises could be a nightmare. And, and, and you know, we talked about Pinhead having more lines. That was part of his appeal in the first two, is he would just, like, show up surrounded by four other demons in a fog, in, you know, fog and leather, and he would say... Not much, right? He was just effective. Now he's fucking like, Freddy Krueger. Give me Kruger. your fucking yeah. soul. <laughs> Guy doesn't shut the hell up. Good God. <laughs> and, and in three, oh my God. Well, we'll get into it. But have you seen, uh, you know, the song Hellraiser plays at the end of part three. And it's Motorhead's yes. version. Originally recorded by Ozzy Osbourne. Have you ever seen the music video for Motorhead's Hellraiser? I have, I have not. 
Is Hellraiser performing at a theater and no, Pinhead is watching them uh, no. in a seat and somebody else comes in and Pinhead's just pointing at them like he wants their soul. It, it's very bizarre that they did that <laughs> crossover. <laughs> I mean, well, and it's interesting because like Pinhead was just always, like from the jump, Pinhead was marketed. They did a home shopping network uh, whole thing for the first movie. Like selling pin, like fucking Hellraiser shit. And that's like, that's so crazy. That's so fucking crazy. It was just, and that's where I give Clive Barker props because, I mean, we've talked about this on other shows where like we compare, like, uh, I always use wrestling as an example where there's like, there's Hulk Hogan good, like sell fucking tickets. And then there's like Daniel Bryan good, which is like, I mean, he did sell tickets too, but like technically sound, right? Like sound at his craft. Uh, And it's like, both are considered the greatest of all time in those aspects, right? And it's like, to me, Hellraiser, Clive Barker did that. Clive Barker made a fucking legit good horror movie without needing the laughs, without needing the fucking shtick, and then also somehow marketed the fuck out of it (laughs) and made it a fucking franchise. And I think that's like one of the fucking craziest things about this. Cause it's, it should not on paper. Hellraiser is not a marketable horror movie. It's a one and done and that's it. And he turned that into a fucking, (laughs) fucking nine movie franchise. He's like the, he's like the original West side gun, right? Cause West side gun has just been hustling and promoting like fashion and hip hop and record labels. And somehow it's just crowbarred himself into the spotlight and he's at it's every event yeah see like it's crazy yeah. as a clive you, you just hustled yeah he really did and um so that 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 is that is cool so in 92 and i gotta fucking turn this phone off and this dog is acting like a fucking maniac um so 1992 right nightbreed gets made um uh after two and fucking bombs which clive barker's production company goes out of business because of it which that's crazy. That's fucking crazy. One movie bombing puts you out of fucking business. Um, and then New World, who had the rights, uh, goes out of business. So Hellraider, Hellraider, Hellraiser Raiser. is in fucking limbo. No one owns it. People that owned it are all bankrupt. So who owns it? Um, an executive ends up, an executive from New World ends up purchasing it um, with this new company. Um, but while he Nightbreed purchased, was being, he purchased a lot. Of, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but he purchased a bunch of uh, franchises in hopes of creating sequels. Like he did uh, Children of the Corn as well. So that's why we got all those those hits. Oh, really? Fucking <laughs> <Those laughs> <like> nightmare guy. <laughs> <laughs> and while Nightbreed was being made, they do start making Hellraiser three. And there's actually some really cool interviews that you can find um, with Doug Bradley explaining the original Hellraiser three script. And it, it and it was before Hellraiser's or uh, yeah before New World's collapse. It was so good, like it was fascinating. Like it was this really deep, dark story that Clive had pitched, um, and, and they were gonna focus it really on Julia, Julia. again, yep. um, but she refused to participate. So they had to figure out something else. Um, but again, before they could even start that project, it ends up being collapsed. I think that thought that thought was originally while they were filming part two. And that's why they, they kind of wrote in her death in the second movie. Yeah, for sure. No, yeah, like... You could see in the second one that they were... Like, you could see that being the end. 
But like, it's very clear. Like, having the column come up at the end is like very clearly yeah. Pillar of Souls, which uh, comes back into this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he wanted. So, you know, they were toying with the idea that it was going to be set in ancient Egypt, or that. <laughs> Uh, he was going to resurrect himself. Pinhead was going to resurrect himself somehow, or that they're going to make a building that functioned as a lament configuration itself, which kind of like part four, these guys had the gall to be like, you know what? Let's just do all three and we'll just put everything together in this and we'll figure it out. Fucking yeah. so weird. So fucking weird. Well, they didn't um, do Egypt. So that, they did the last two. The new company buys, buys the rights, Barker wants nothing to do with it. Um, although he ends up showing up at the end to like try and help fix some shit, but uh, kind of too late there. Um, Tony Randall, he's gone. He's he's out of the picture. They didn't want to pay him. Um, he's removed by producers because they thought his vision was too dark, which is fucking nuts because Tony Randall does not make dark films. And as we mentioned... Hellraiser 2, while it's a great, I think it's a fine and faithful sequel, is not the darkest of the Hellraiser movies, like, by any means, right? Um, So, I I think that's very silly. So, they bring in Anthony Hickok. uh, (laughs) Spells his name like like an asshole. It's fucking unreal, dude. How do you, like, because you can't even say it, but it's Hickok's. It's it's fucking nuts. (laughs) The guy fucking... You can't read, like, if you try to read it, it... breaks your brain um he's a 90s bad movie legend by the way waxwork waxwork 2 the ripper with dolph lundgren submerged with steven seagal and uh a movie that i want to do it's called full eclipse with mario van peebles and it's about uh vampires for some reason vampires and cops vampires and eclipses that's a fun combo um well he he's like i don't want to fuck this up so he kind of like isn't interested in it, but then he meets with Clive, um, who is like, "Listen, you can do it," and then gives and like cr- encourages him to do it. But is it makes Anthony Hickok be like, "Okay, I'm gonna just watch the first two and try and make that." That's his goal. He does not do that, but that's fine. That it's fine that he said that. I guess. <laughs> um, as we mentioned, Ashley is back. Uh, not as I expected. Uh, she is actually back filming new scenes, and they are f- so fucking pointless. I, I can't even think of a... <laughs> I-, I hated it. I, I fucking Wait, hated you, it. You, you didn't like her cameo in the uh, videotape that they put in? Joe, first of all... First of all, Joe, if they cut to like an act, the actual footage of her acting, that would have been great to see her face again. Uh Instead, it's a it's her being played on the shittiest TV screen of all time, and they just use a camera to zoom in on the TV screen. <laughs> I can't see shit. They never <laughs> once so cut funny. to like the actual footage. You know what I mean? Like clear, so we could see our girl Ashley again. It's just this fucking shitty camera filming a TV screen. And Hellraiser three, <laughs> the only movie in history to to make a realistic viewing of somebody watching. A video tape. Yeah, they never once cut to like, <laughs> here's what it actually looked like. Fucking unreal. Um, and of course, Doug is back in this one. And it's the first Hellraiser filmed in the United States. Yes. And also, 
Dimensions first movie. Dimensions uh a new label from Miramax. Miramax uh ends up picking this up and releases it as the first movie out of on Dimension, which I do think is cool. And the highest grossing Hellraiser movie in the franchise. That's nuts. And also they filmed it in six weeks. <laughs> yeah. And they're also it's very hard to get information on what the budget was. It says like between two and 3 million for the budget. And yeah. even when you Google it, you'll, you'll see statements that say it's hard to find information on what the actual budget was. So that leads me to believe they paid way more than they, I think had. it's a lot more than that. Like, I, I don't think that that, I don't think that can be true. Um, <laughs> there's just so much shit that like Hellraiser in the fucking cube is like a whole fucking thing. Like that had to be cost a shitload too. Um, you know, Doug, Doug had to be fucking locked in a fucking cube for <laughs> yeah. And Doug, dude, honestly, like Doug Bradley, like man, like he's like a fucking trooper. He doesn't say a fucking bad word yet that I've read about anything. He's always like, yeah, the production was really good, but uh, yeah, I guess it was like kind of super uncomfortable to be trapped in a fucking box. Like, but like he'll never fucking shit on it. He'll never shit on the franchise. There had it's to be insane. an easier way. Because his face is actually like molded into that box. <laughs> like Dude. Welded it in. Everyone else was like, that was insane and had to be the most uncomfortable shit of all time. And Doug's like, well, I guess it wasn't that bad. And you're like, Dude, no, just fucking say it. Like, it fucking and they, sucked ass. They changed his makeup, too, uh, to make yes. it so that it was easier to apply and to remove. But Doug did say that the new strips that they used to where the pins were, like, crushed his cranium. Like, the, <laughs> the pressure that he said was on the top of his head was incredible. This fucking poor fucking guy. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and, and you know what else I thought was interesting was because Doug, well, Pinhead Will come face to face with Elliot Spencer, his original identity several times. Um, and in those scenes, Doug had to let somebody else play pinhead in those moments. Uh, yeah. While they filmed him playing Elliot. And he said he was insanely jealous, jealous of seeing somebody in the outfit, which dude, I fucking get, I'd be like, I'd be like, well, if they're putting them in here, like you could be replaced. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 That would I would honestly probably try to kill him in his sleep. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Seems a bit I extreme. Mean, keep my fucking <laughs> job, bro. Uh whatever. Whatever. Did um, you say Tony Tony Randall wrote most of this script that and did. a lot of it remained unchanged, except of course when Mr. Hick Hickox came, uh, he included C D Cenobite and Barbie Cenobite. So th- th- thanks for that, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> and uh the old Weinstein brothers loved uh loved the movie so much they were like, Oh, you know what? We'll actually give you more money to put in this awesome CGI at the end, which Yes. It's not awesome. Isn't that like all those two fucking weirdo creeps did was change people's endings to movies. Every time you, you read anything about a movie that they were involved in, it was like, Well, this is good, but you have to change it to this. Like, why why? Why, why would we do fuck that? Fuck off. Fucking insane. Um, but yeah, uh, and, Barker wasn't happy with it. Yes. And, and Barker was not happy with Tony being selected as the director. He did not like his prior movies and didn't think he'd be a good fit. Well, you know. <laughs> so, you know, maybe, maybe trust Clive. Call him that, like you see him. Yeah. 
he ended up he ended up being okay with the end because they did allow him to produce some of the end, and then they allowed him to throw up that uh, Clive Barker presents, presents. on it, which yeah. which is sick. And Barker promoted it while he was doing Candyman. So yes, um, you know, get that check. And I have no problem with that. By the way, I'm not even saying that in a shitty way. Like, fucking do it. Don't be a fucking Stephen King, fucking with The Shining and fucking just bury something that you're getting paid for <laughs> and then ends up becoming like one of the most famous movies ever made beloved but yeah. <laughs> um all right so could, uh, i'm sorry i just had that thought like could you imagine if you and i wrote something right now and somebody's <laughs> like hey i'm gonna pay you 20 million dollars for it but i'm gonna have like artistic liberties with how i put it on screen but yeah yeah you fucking do that please Dude, imagine, like, a fucking director. Like, who would even be equivalent to fucking Kubrick? Like, fucking Kubrick. Cameron? Dude, James Tar- Cameron? Tar- like Tarantino or Cameron, yeah. Tarantino. Tarantino buys it and then changes our story. I'd be like, yeah, cool. Thank you. I'm good. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to crush. Because <laughs> you're Thanks capable of making kicks. a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, thank you. I'm not going to be like, you fucking idiot piece of shit fucking stole my fucking movie made a fucking pile of shit out of it Dude, fucking relax <laughs> to be fair he's probably on like an insane amount of fucking cocaine but <laughs> so <laughs> that guy's a fucking lunatic and then his son killed that poor woman um <laughs> in amityville new york <laughs> uh all right so let's get into this one um so we could actually wrap this up and not be a two and a half hour fucking show like last week. Uh, <laughs> uh, we open up with a fellow. And again, man, like this, uh, this, you just get those like early nineties USA vibes from the jump on this one, man. Like a dude in a fucking leather coat. Like, uh, like that, I, I can't put my finger on how to exactly describe it but they all have like the same hue of color right (laughs) that you just you could show it to anybody and they'd be if they've ever seen a movie in the 90s they'd be like oh this was made in the early 90s right because it just has that atmosphere to it and for some reason like we if you we lived through that time yes the the quote-unquote villains or bad people walking the streets of new york did not dress like the Jets and the Sharks from West Side Story, but they always have them like that in that type of they're wearing like slick back hair and, the, and those leathers with the red under the, the <laughs> red button up shirt underneath. And I never seen anybody dress like that ever in my life. No, this guy is. I there's some stuff I do like in this movie though. I'm just thinking about it. Um, this guy's a mess though. Yeah. Well, he sneaks into an art gallery and buys a giant concrete block that has all of these bodies over it, all over it. And the guy, as he sells it, says, I hope you take pleasure in this. The way they crowbarred, like, previous Hellraiser shit in it was, like, the funniest shit ever. Because it's not that hard to do. You know, you could have actually even brought back the Vagrant from the first two movies. Uh who gives a fuck? But instead, it just is random guy. It's like, hope you take pleasure in this purchase. It, <laughs> it, it's it's so sporadic and not subtle that you just know somebody was like, hey, we got like we got to mention pain or pleasure at some point. <laughs> we haven't said it in a while. And I think this movie. Wait, oh fuck! I, I think this movie he 
didn't do normal editing, and there's a term for it because Hitchcock did it. He did Hitchcock it on did it for on rope. camera editing. Yeah, on camera editing. That's it. Which yeah, I so he just don't... shot it in order. Yeah, which is insane. <laughs> Do this, yeah. Fucking Hickok doing that in Hellraiser 3. <laughs> like, dude, these fucking directors, like, if you are not the director, like, if you're not one of the big directors, you're not going to end up being that way. Like, usually you can spot them when they're young, right? Like, their first two films, you could probably pick one out. Uh, if you're past that... Just shoot it like a fucking normal fucking person. Just shoot the fucking movies. Just do it. Just fucking do it the normal way. And you're probably going to do better. Like, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. In camera editing on Hellraiser 3. So, sped up production, but the actors had, like, no view of how the completed film <laughs> was going to remotely look. <laughs> so, the, but, but the point of that saying is that, you know, since he was, like, doing it in order... At some point, he's like, "Fuck, we gotta, we gotta reshoot this and say pleasure." At some point, so just yeah, do your thing. <laughs> say pleasure and pain. Um, so, oh, also that concrete block, we see fucking Pinhead's stupid fucking face in it. Um, we cut to news anchor Joey, um, who uh, she's she's good, but she's super pissed uh, because. <sighs> Because she's not getting the work she deserves. She's not getting the big stories. Which is weird because her cameraman, Doc, for some reason is like the hotness in the news station. And is like taking Calling calls. Like calls. being like, Doc, we need ya. <laughs> and then she's like, am I coming? He's, he's her cameraman. He's like, oh no, you yeah. gotta stay here. And do what? You're Nobody's gonna film her anymore. My, my favorite part about that is he's like, he like is on the phone with like, I don't know, the fucking news station, whoever the head of the news station. And he's like, hey, can Joey come? And uh, they're like, oh, God, no. <laughs> Their reaction to him offering to bring Joey, who is seemingly fine, is insane. Like, they're like, oh, God, please don't let her come. And Doc's like, uh. <laughs> Doc somehow plays, like, a crucial role in this movie, which is kind Does. of. Yeah. Um. Anyway, she was at the hospital filming a segment there, so she's still there. And she sees this fucking guy get wheeled in with chains hanging out of him. I fucking loved it. I actually did like that. I did, yeah. This movie, I will say, what is most unsettling, not in a good way, like in a bad way, like unsettling watching a Hellraiser movie like this, is it's like the first one where they're like, Pinhead's always been isolated and like no one's ever seen him except the people he torments or people directly involved with them. And in this one, like kind of from the jump, like we're seeing somebody rush to a hospital with chains hanging out of them. Like that's, that is odd. And it's like, oh, so how do we deal with this in the real world? We're setting this in the real world now. Like we're not, you know, (laughs) like it. I'm glad you're bringing that up because. In this scene, he's wheeled in with the chains. I mean, the hospital, the shittiest hospital, because they just let the news reporter in there while they're trying to perform <laughs> surgery. You know, she, she's in there. And the chains levitate and then tear him apart, right? They they rip him open, and everybody's screaming, just like, what the fuck? And then it cuts to the news reporter just taking the bus home. That is the most life-altering, physics-defying <laughs> event 
anybody has ever seen. You would be detained for questioning. You would probably be scooped up by the feds and, and not let go ever because you just saw yes. something in, intradimensional. And she's just riding the bus home. Let's <laughs> be like, well, I can't believe I saw that. Dude, the chains are flying around, blowing shit up, being electrified. It's fucking insane. It's fucking insane. And uh, the guy's head explodes, right? Explodes. Right. It's like the Jesus Webs scene. Right. Okay. Works. Yeah, that's what I you thought. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fucking, that's nuts. Yeah. And then she just goes home. <laughs> and like, also, what? also in that scene, when she leaves the room, like terrified, he has a head again. You can see it in the background. It's fucking nuts. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, one thing I wanted to say about both these films, uh, the puzzle, the lament configuration box, easier to solve uh, as each film progresses. Oh. The more, more and more people... Anyone that just touches it, right, solves it. Just Somebody drops it. it and it just opens. <laughs> Dude, holograms are solving it at points. This guy's <laughs> wife solves it just by picking it up. It's unbelievable. Uh, oh, and, and Pinhead, easier to dupe as each one goes. We talked about that last time, how you could just kind of you know, bargain with the Cenobites. Yes. Kind of bamboozle them. This is still the same case. Pinhead's... I'm not even really sure what Pin... Like, I think Pinhead's a cool killer or a cool character. Yeah. I'm not really sure like, wh- how, why he's in this position. Because he, he, he's not very powerful. He doesn't really do much at all. No. And you know what? In 4, they set up... And I should probably save it for 4. But in 4, they set it up that Angelique... And it's not very clear, but it's there. Angelique was the old ruler of hell. Right, she ran it a different way, and now yeah. Pinhead's there running it like a regimented it's machine. Very strict. Hell's <laughs> become too strict. Yeah, and I'm like, what? Like that's a fucking insane because like he literally every person he meets, he's like, well, let's fucking have a fucking negotiation here. <laughs> Dude, that is what they're. That's do- <laughs> so funny. I mean, I know we're gonna talk about it before, but there's literally a scene where they're having that conversation where she's like. Uh, we should just trick people into being pieces of shit and then they'll burn in hell forever. He's like, no, we should just torture people because that's fun and that's what hell's like now. And yeah. She doesn't want to go back there because it's too strict and there's too many rules. Right. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, trust me, you can fucking talk them out of fucking anything. Just about fucking anything. Um, fucking nuts. Uh, so we meet... Um, I thought it was his girlfriend. It's not. It's just like a f- somebody he knows. Um, but we meet this woman who's very Carrie, upset. No, she she was dating she was dating that guy. She was ripped apart. Yeah, yeah. She said oh. she's seen him a couple times. Well, Terry's dating this guy, and she's upset and talking about the boiler room, but then runs away. Uh, but new, this newswoman, man, this newswoman Joey, she is bird dogging this story about the chain guy like no other, uh, and she ends up going to the boiler room. Which, again, as we mentioned, looks like fucking hell, but uh, is playing like adult contemporary fucking <laughs> jams. Uh, Joey asks the bartender, I'm looking for a pretty girl. One of the best lines in the movie, because the guy responds with, oh, yeah, she went that way. <laughs> yeah. that's, what, that's what he fucking says to that description. <laughs> I fucking love that. Um, and then even then she goes over there and she's like, I'm looking for a girl. She's pretty with brown hair. And the guy's like, you're going to have to fucking give me more. This woman's supposed to be a reporter. You know what? Actually, on second thought, I understand the news channel being like, do not let her fucking come here. Like, this is fucking oh, real. Okay. 
I'm glad you said that because I felt that way from the first time. She's giving that report, being like, nothing's happening and everything sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, you're not getting a job. Oh, my God. Uh, She meets the owner of the boiler room. His name is JP. He is a young and brash guy. JP Monroe. There's no one I'd rather punch in the face than JP uh, in this fucking movie. JP, you're just waiting for him to die. Um, Kudos to whoever named him. JP Monroe, no offense to any listener named JP Monroe, but that's like the biggest (laughs) douchebag name you could possibly come up with. Yeah. Um, But they have a weird hostile conversation where she's asking questions and he's just like, hey, stay out of my fucking business, lady. Um, And that's that. Also, while that's happening, for some reason, Terry is like two. Oh, dude, it's because she's looking for Terry, who is two seats away from them, staring at them, crying while this is happening. It's fucking nuts. This this reporter is horseshit. Like, all you'd have to do is look around for two seconds and you would have seen Terry. Um, but she doesn't. Cut to a Vietnam flashback. <laughs> yeah. Where Joey is screaming, my daddy's alive. Come save my daddy. It's very weird. Um, So, yeah, her dad died in Vietnam. (laughs) But she's also like, we don't know how. We don't know why. It's like, I don't Seems odd, but okay. Uh, And also you're having visions. So I think you're, I think you know. Um, Anyway, Terry shows up to her house uh, because... She calls her and is like, listen, I'll tell you the story that you want if you let me stay at your house. <laughs> Sounds terrible. I mean, and, nobody in their right, right mind would take that. Right. That deal. And Joey's like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then she walks in and she's like, what are you saying about dreams? Because she, she heard her talking about dreams. And yeah. <laughs> gets her to reveal her every... The, 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 Terry... The homeless girl that was with the guy that died gets the mm-hmm. reporter to reveal like her every inner thought and deep secret, <laughs> not vice versa. And then, by the way, the Terry drops a matchbook from the boiler room, which Joey looks at, and then fucking Terry is like, well, first Terry's like, I'll tell you whatever you want to know. You just ask anything. And Joey looks at the boiler room matchbook, and Terry's like, Oh, for fuck's sake, that's all you want to talk about. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, what What did you think she wanted to talk to you about? <laughs> She's letting you stay at her house. <laughs> you guys had a deal. You've mentioned it multiple times. Like, you're like, I'll tell you anything you need to know. <laughs> and then she looks at the matchbook and she's like, oh, for fuck's sake, come on, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, but she does uh, sort of tell her a little bit about it and uh, mentions the block of shit that they bought from the art gallery. Because Terry was involved in that deal somehow. Um, <laughs> Even though we didn't see him because we watched the deal happen, right? Nope, she was not there. Uh, <laughs> back at the block, though. Uh, JP, uh, is looking at it and find, uh, find it's been, um, ripped open and he reaches his hand in and is attacked by a fucking rat. 
which causes him to accidentally spray blood all over the statue, which causing it to come to life. <laughs> causes Pinhead's head to appear like uh, Statler and Waldorf's head appears at the door knocker in Muppet Christmas <laughs> yes, Carol. Yes, it's like the yes. same animation. Just like, Woo. And JP is just like, Ooh. and then it cuts back to the girls. <laughs> it does. And uh, the next day, it's the next day. And Terry's Terry. Okay. So this scene gave me so much fucking anxiety. It was actually hard for me to watch. I'm, I'm being very honest. <clears throat> it was so hard for me to watch because Terry is trying to make breakfast and the like the kitchen is on fire. The kitchen is on fucking fire. I don't There's know so how much those actresses didn't pass out. I've never Dude, seen more smoke in my life. It gave me so much fucking anxiety. Dude, if that happened, Terry's smoking to me, a I cigarette. Out- Dude, Terry's smoking a cigarette. What? That's so much smoke inhalation that's happening there. I Dude, if I walked out of my room and there was all that smoke and somebody smoking a cigarette on top of it, I would lose my fucking mind. I would lose my fucking mind. (laughs) Throw them out by the seat of their pants. Meanwhile, Terry's like, or uh, Joey's like, oh, so you're a bad cook. Like, (laughs) yuck, yuck. And Terry's like, yeah, I've never cooked in my life. (laughs) Anyway, Terry gives her the deeds of the pyramid gallery. Um. They go there. They're told the guy's in Hawaii, which doesn't really add up to the rest of the story. Uh, but fucking Joey, man. I tell you what. She honestly, actually, the more I'm reading these quotes that I wrote from her, the more I fucking hate her as a news reporter. They break into this fucking art gallery looking for clues. They find files. Not that many. And Joey's first thing she says is, this is going to take forever. <laughs> relax just fucking look like what you haven't even started looking and by the way it doesn't take forever they figure it out in fucking three seconds in three seconds terry's like look i found the cube (laughs) fucking nuts anyway um and we also learned through those that paperwork that the block the big fucking thing came from the institute where um our girl what's her name ashley Yes. Uh, um, I can't think of the actress's name. Kirsty. Kirsty. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the Institute Kirsty came from, which is crazy. Um, they also find the drawings in the box. Um, and we learn a little bit about the that guy's demise that we, the, the, the boyfriend's demise at the beginning, which was he was fucking around with the box, basically. Yes. And, and, and got hooked. Um, we then go back to JP's where we have to watch the fucking grossest fucking sex on the planet. He's just the actress in the scene did not want to show her breasts. She did not want yeah. to do a nude scene, which I respect. You know, I'm not I'm not making fun of her for that. I don't. Know. I'm not going to do one. They, they they convinced her somehow to be like, get topless, and we'll just have this disgusting freak JP cup your breasts so nobody has to see your nipples which so much worse which i think is a worse option to be honest but so much fucking worse well i mean maybe not worse but like definitely not a second option that's not option b (laughs) just just have her in a bra right like like, yeah keep your shirt on why was that suggested keep her in a fucking dress jp is butt ass naked dude jp is butt (laughs) fucking naked you know yeah. he wasn't wearing anything either. His fucking ding dong was sl- this poor girl. We should- 
get her cucked some out pinhead is in his in his cuck block watching watching getting all randy that's giving him life cuck razor uh <laughs> Fucking just sitting in the fucking hotel, the corn, the, the, the hotel cuck chair. <laughs> I have such sights to show you. Um, <laughs> fuck, fucking, I love that actually. Um, anyway, they're fucking. It's fucking disgusting. Um, and of the sex wakes up Pinhead, but it's actually not the sex. It's fucking JP fucking nutting that wakes up Pinhead. JP fucking comes and fucking Pinhead's like, <laughs> and dude, fucking JP's got his like arms out while he's fucking. It is. Like, most, dude, it's the fucking most violent orgasm I've ever seen. <laughs> oh my God. And so Pinhead wakes up, but that no one noticed. I'm going to do that next time. Scream and shake my fist at the theater. <laughs> Tina's going to call the police. <laughs> or, uh, or just the hospital. Be like, this is it. This is the one. He's done. That's so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> that would be so unsettling. Screaming to the sky as you do. Fuck. I'm going to do that tonight. Uh, and then. JP and this girl immediately get into a fight, um, basically because I don't know. She thought JP was going to marry her, which is fucking nuts. <laughs> like you gave me a rose. <laughs> uh, it, it, and, but that fight is what causes Pinhead to get like fucking pissed, and then he's just like, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> and, and again, Pinhead—it's only his face. He's stuck in this block. He can't move or anything. Dude, but he can shoot chains, the- dude. That's what I was going to say. This is where the fucking movie just, like, loses fucking track. Because Pinhead shoots chains across the room and hooks her. And you're like, well, that... I mean, that solves all of his fucking problems right there. Pierce, he can just hook whoever. But later, he's like, like, if you're... I I might not be able to reach you if you're three (laughs) feet away. The girl was so far away from him. It was insane. Fucking nuts. Uh, I hated that so much. Um, anyway. Dude, he slurps he her. her flesh off. So be, like, that's not an exaggeration. He literally slurps it. Just, <laughs> just slaps right off. Like fucking spaghetti. <laughs> and then devours her. <laughs> then devours the body, too. Like, the, the skinless body. Which, okay. Anyway, Pinhead doing a lot of talking here. Well, we do get a good line, because the guy sees him... Uh, JP sees him slurp the the flesh off. It, he realistically just says, "Jesus Christ!" And Pinhead says, "Not quite." He'll <laughs> <laughs> keep he'll keep making comments throughout this movie and the next one on how he's not, uh, you know, angelic. Which we're like, we know Pinhead. You don't have to, no one you thinks to, you are. <laughs> you have to remind us every two seconds. He even says that in, the, in I think in four where he's like. It might surprise you that I'm not exactly a saint. Yeah, no, it doesn't. You fucking dude, 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 At the end of this one, he's in a church, just be like, "I'm not, I'm not the good guy." Doing a Jesus Christ pose, like, idiot. Is Pinhead like the dumbest fucking? He is. He is. Because I, I like Doug Bradley is great, but he's he's a useless idiot. He really is. He might actually be like unintelligent. Like he's not. It, he speaks so eloquently, but he's actually just a fucking moron. 
Um, that's fucking hilarious. So this is a very different version of Pinhead than we're used to. He's a lot of talking. Yes. Um, JP gets pissed, tries to kill Pinhead with the pistol, which does not work, of course. He spits and pin- out the bullets. <laughs> it pissed me off so badly. <laughs> and Pinhead like, is like... Sorry, go on. No, no, no. I was going to say, uh, Pinhead is, is basically like, hey, man, like, join my army or... Like, eventually, I'll just kill you. But you could be my right-hand man if you help me. Which JP is then suddenly like, okay. <laughs> like, before he was like, you're a real piece of shit, Pinhead. I wouldn't fucking do what you do. And then Pinhead's like, well, you could. And then he's like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? Okay. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> you don't say. Okay, let's go. Um Anyway, meanwhile, while this is all going on, Joe goes to the psych ward, gets a video where we get uh, uh, our girl, Kirsty, uh, uh, on tape explaining everything about the box. Yes. And somehow Joey is learning to solve it while watching these videos. You can see her mimicking, mimicking how to open the puzzle, which, by the way, is just rubbing your thumb in a circle. That's it. (laughs) Just like, and she's just like practicing while watching the video, which... Kirstie's not showing you how to f- solve it. She's just no, doing she's, it. She's just talking. Yeah. Fucking doing it. Um, Terry, meanwhile, finds the box at Joey's. And uh, maybe is the only person so far in the franchise that can't solve yeah, the fucking yeah. puzzle. Yeah. Well, look at how she's she the first breakfast. person bamboozled. <laughs> she couldn't cook eggs without burning down a house. So that actually checks out. Pinhead must have been so fucking pumped when he saw that. He must have been like, holy shit, we did it. We did it. <laughs> Somebody finally didn't solve it. Um, she gets a call from JP, who's now, uh, you know, as as villains do, once they team up with the devil, they, uh, they get way sexier. So JP's talking very se- sexy to her on the phone and he convinces her that joey is going to monterey and leaving her which seems like such a bizarre fucking lot (laughs) (laughs) you could do a lot to like just be like hey she's she's a fucking piece of shit and using you like there's a million things you could do leaving to monterey is odd it's not odd choice but that's what he goes so she ends up going to jp Joe JP's house, um, who is explaining the art piece and is like, this girl, <laughs> this is my favorite thing. Again, like the unsubtleness of this movie. He's like explaining that because a girl's been eaten. Obviously, we know this. Um, and he's like, yeah, a girl, this girl put her heart and soul into this and then does like a buzz maniacal laugh that like. You would just leave. You would just fucking leave. Because you'd be like, oh, you killed somebody. Because <laughs> it's like, he was like, and, but, but then tries to act normal. And she's like, oh, okay, that seems normal. It's like, what? He killed that woman. Um, but JP, un, uh, uh, he, unfazed by this, uh, is like, hey. So can we have sex now? <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm not ready yet. Which infuriates JP so much. And also JP, 
you're at that club with 8 million women. Just bring one of them. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, get anybody. I know. <laughs> that's, that's, when we're introduced to him, he's at a table with nine women. Yeah, hundreds of people in that club at any given time. Anyway, uh, more Vietnam flashbacks, which... Thank God. God damn it. Yeah, and, and this this time Elliot Spencer's there who's like, you have to help me. And you're like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? Why is this happening? Honestly, I w- I'm not fond of the Elliot Spencer shit. I, I hate it. I fucking actually kind of hate it. I mean, I think the idea is fine, but the execution is severely lacking. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's just... Anyway, back at JP's, uh, we we see him turn a little bit frank, a little, again, a nod to the original when he says, come to daddy, uh, to to Terry, um, which is, I guess, the international sign for a a deranged sex freak. Uh, (laughs) He lures her close enough for Pinhead to make him lose his mind. Pinhead gets fucking pissed and it's like bring her to me boy <laughs> dude he is screaming Arg! for the entirety of the next five minutes just making noises that he's never made before which all he needs to do is shut the fuck up and she'll probably get close enough for you to eat her but when you start talking she's like what the fuck is that <laughs> <laughs> bring her to me boy um, and JP starts beating the shit out of her uh, to drag her over to to Pinhead, uh, but she's able to break away by fucking hitting him in the face with brass knuckles. Ill-fitting um, brass knuckles. I've never seen bigger ones on somebody's hand. But dude, yeah, she, cartoonish. Gets like inflatable, gets <laughs> like like inflatable bar mitzvah brass knuckles. If those were a thing, <laughs> like the like the inflatable saxophones and shit. Um. And then Terry esca- is about to escape, and then Pinhead's like, "Hey, hey, hey! Whoa, what? Why, why leave so quickly?" <laughs> and we get another massive monologue where he's basically he tells Terry the same shit he told JP, um, and basically like, "You could leave, or we can kill this guy, and you and me can be partners." And she's like, "Okay, let's do that," and um. She fucking gives JP Pinhead and JP is fucking murdered. Yes. That was a little shocking to me. I was a little surprised by that. Yeah. He's a goner. He's done, man. That's the end of JP who was kind of built up to, uh, I don't know, lead this movie. Anyway, um, I want to, we should probably like, move forward a little bit but anyway the statue lights up pinhead fucking it starts exploding and melting it's fucking disgusting um and pinhead is on the loose yes i did and that scene was sick because that was like the ultimate 90s pinhead because he like just holds out his fucking hand like yes inviting the viewer to be like let's fucking go Pinhead is cool looking in these both of these movies. I think like mm-hmm. he he owns the badass horror icon feel. He uh, and, and different though, he does look a little bit different because uh, you can see him better. It's more he's he's more. Yeah, I guess up. that's true. 
But uh, the club massacre that occurs right now is probably the best part of the movie. It, it's like it reminded me of um, Nightmare on Elm Street two when he gets to the pool, except he actually kills people. Like he, act, you know, Freddy dropped the ball at that scene. It could have been a huge massacre, and that's what we get here. This scene is f- fucking crazy. This scene, I love it. I hate it. I ultimately love it, though. I think it, it, it's just so fucking it. good. It's the best because uh, you because you cut to um, you cut to the club, and um, Pinhead. What, I'm trying to find my notes on this. Like Pinhead says something that's like pretty fucking cool. I can't figure it out though. Hang on, sorry. Um, oh, here it is. Uh, Pinhead shows up and says, "Shall we begin?" That fucks it up. Yeah. I fucking love that. That was that was like ultimate pinhead right there. That's pinhead, right? Like, dude, can you imagine? That must be fucking sick for him. Like that was oh man. And he just starts fucking killing him. Um also doing like some not so pinheady stuff, but that's okay. That's fine. You got the C D scene shooting CDs into a guy's fucking head, which yep. Which again is the guy from the hills, Heidi's boss. Um and so much gore here too, man. It, it everyone's running, dude. The doors lock, and you just see the fucking blood pour out from underneath the door as you hear people being slaughtered. So fucking sick. Um, Joe, and and then again, like where I mentioned, like we're in the real world with this now. Joey's at home, and there's a news broadcast being like, "There's a massacre right now at this that's fucking she, place." That's how she gets tipped off. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, oh, fuck, that's so fucking weird, because, like, to this point, it's been, like, the people that have survived have been called insane or, like, locked up, and so for this to be, like, they're acknowledging what's happening, it's it's kind of insane. It's kind of crazy. Um, it, it's, it's cool. Um, so Joey ends up going to the club. To the biggest massacre ever, which you would not walk into. I'm sorry. Like, there's eight you, billion you bodies. You would be allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that also. <laughs> Dirty on the news. That place on is the locked. press. <laughs> um, and she's brought her fucking puzzle box that she 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 has obtained. Um, and she's screaming for Doc, who, by the way, in this moment, I was like, who the fuck is Doc? Like, I had totally forgotten about that fucking guy. I was like, who the fuck is she screaming for? I was like. I was so confused. Um, but she's walking. Yeah, it's the cameraman. Uh, and she finds him with his head ripped off and a, his video camera attached to his neck, which is great. There are cool kills in both of these movies somehow. Yes. Yeah. And Pinhead shows up, talks a lot more. Um, he, tries, <laughs> he, tr- he tries to get the box, but she runs outside. Dude, he uh, screams, don't debate with me. Hey, Pinhead, that's all anybody ever does when they speak with you. <laughs> that's all you do, Pinhead. Like, all yeah. you do is fucking chat. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot this shit. Ch- chatty Kathy. Um, Pinhead, and then here, here again is where I get, like, a little bit frustrated. Because, as we mentioned, like, and this has been kind of an issue since, I want to say even the first one, where the power his powers are unclear they seem vast and almost unstoppable and yet he fails to use them in any ever useful ever. <laughs> he is 
She runs outside. He is nowhere near her. And he is blowing up the streets. He is causing fucking electrical wires to like move and like pop open a hydrant and then electrocute the water coming out of it. It, it, He's controlling all this and he cannot kill this woman. When he walks into the church, each step he takes blows up, blows out all of the the stained glass windows. Yeah. He has <laughs> but he, more power than you shit. can imagine. <laughs> it's so weird. He's got like a set of values that he cannot like just use the powers to kill. It's fucking bizarre. Um, dude, he's blowing up. Dude, he's making cars drive by themselves and crash. <laughs> like what? What? He can't, anyway. Um, then we're introduced to a new Cenobite. Yeah, Cenobite, Cenobite, uh, Cenobite, Cenobite, um, and it's Doc. Doc is a Cenobite now, and uh, moving forward, I imagine this is going to be the move in all the Hellraiser movies of just introducing silly fucking Cenobites based on people's hobbies or things that they have done, <laughs> or th- or things that killed them, or things that killed them. Yes. Um, and so Doc is a camcorder. He's got a camcorder for an eye. And he loves saying things like, time for your close up. <laughs> Shit like that. Uh, which is great. Um, we also get a bartender Cenobite who is my favorite because he breathe, he, he breathes fire. Cause I think, cause you know, spirits are, he's like, well, you like, see him in this movie. Tom Hanks. Or Tom Cruise and cocktail, like blowing flames. Dude, the first time you see him in the movie, I because I think he's the guy that she's like. I'm looking for the like a good looking woman when she walks into the bar, and for some reason he has a flaming drink in front of him, like it's just yeah on fire. So, yeah, it has to be him. Side. It has yeah. to be him. So yeah, so he can breathe fire, and he also has a shaker, a fucking drink shaker. Which he'll later use to – he'll open it up and just, like, throw fucking liquid out of it. Like, it's not anything mystical. And, and fucking – I think it's I think it's Joey is like, this is gasoline. And you're like, what yes. the fuck? Yes. <laughs> He's just throwing gasoline at people. No, it's the cop uh, that says – dude, it's the fucking cop that says that. Because she's like, oh, those cops gasoline so and, the, and they don't move. It just allow they, themselves they to get just on fire. They just allow themselves to get lit up. Um. <laughs> It's fucking nuts. It's so fucking nuts. Uh, and they're presenting this, by the way, like, like this is the future. Like, you're going to fucking love it. Welcome to the future. It's like CD Hellraiser. Um, and again, a first for uh, first for Hellraiser. Uh, cops are finding Cenobites, as we mentioned. Um, and, and cops show up and are like, what the hell? Um, and bartender Cenobite lights them on fire. And uh, Doc Cenobite says, that's a wrap. Uh, (laughs) Fucking amazing. Anyway, she goes to the church, gets there. Pinhead immediately shows up, explodes everything, um, including a priest's hand who's holding a cross, which was sick. (laughs) Fucking love that. Uh, Pinhead goes to the altar, removes a pin, sticks it through his own hand. Uh, I was like, what is he doing? Pulls out another pin, gives himself the old stigmata. Yeah. If uh, is that stigmata? Is that well? I think stigmata is just the wounds. Uh, he he's oh. just mimicking the crucifixion. Gotcha. Yeah. Which is, 
I'm surprised they got away with it. And I heard the town was not thrilled about the shooting of this. They wanted to shoot it in the actual church. And they shot in uh, the very conservative part of North Carolina. And everyone was like, absolutely not. You cannot do this in a church. So they had, they had to build the stage prop for it. Fuck. It's a cool scene. And he says, I am the way. And like, that shit is fucking tight. And dude, the way he's like fucking, again, it's the most animated he's been. He yes he he's mo- he's mimicking Jesus and he like even tilts his fucking head and it's like yes it that that moment I was like okay I'm I I'll fuck with this pinhead like this pinhead I'm cool with I do agree but uh, again uh, he he does nothing he he does all this and, and just he's a showman fails. He's a, he's <laughs> he's, a yeah showman. yeah he's a, yeah he's a showman. All, all flair and no substance. Can't, 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 for sure. Like, cool, for cool, sure. cool party trick, Pinhead. Stuff <laughs> uh, this is my body. This is my blood. Happy are they who come to my supper. Um, and feeds, feeds the priest his blood, which is just fucking nuts, man. Fucking crazy. Um, Joey runs away, though. She's got the cube, which infuriates Pinhead, which... Like, like, as we mentioned, like, just get the fucking cute pinhead. Like, you're very capable <laughs> yeah, dude, of getting it. Waste the fact of time. That he's like, like, he fucking loses his mind. Putting on a one-man play in the church. Just get the business, you fucking moron. <laughs> he's, like, surprised that she would run away and take... Of course she did, you fucking idiot. Um, we see JP Cenobite. He's there now. And Terry Cenobite is also here. Um... And Terry Cenobite is just female Cenobite ripoff, which is a bummer. Like, she got yeah. the same neck wound. Got the same neck wound. Uh, yeah. The neck pussy. The neck pussy. <laughs> that works. Uh, <laughs> and JP is just like, JP is just the way he died. He's just got the fucking shit in his head, which is just making anyone a Cenobite these days, man. You know, can't. Yeah. Good Cenobites are hard to find these days. That's true. Especially <laughs> after part two. Which, fun fact, Pinhead says that, and I don't know whether it's in three or four, but he's like, he's explaining why there are Cenobites, and he's like, listen, they're not up to par like the old ones, but it's what I've got. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best fucking, oh, it's right here. He he says, because Joey sees those two, and he goes, they're handmade, Joey, talking about the Cenobites. And he goes, a shadow of my former troops. And it's like, bro, that's nuts that you acknowledge that. Like, that's so crazy. Like, yeah, fucking quality has fallen off quite a bit. Uh, she unlocks the box and says, play with this. Uh, she also drops it and it solves itself because that's what this fucking thing does every single time. shit lament configuration. It sucks all the demons' asses into the cube. Um, and she goes, is that it, Elliot? Because Elliot had told her you had to fucking suck him up. But she, he was also like, you got to bring him into my world, which is through a mirror or a window through a window. Right. Mm. Um, so, and Elliot, just to confirm is the like human form of pinhead stuck in right. limbo, stuck in purgatory while pinhead is, you know, developed into pinhead but it's like we need to join yeah that's being an idiot uh but elliot has deduced that they need to 
conjoin and he can take over Pinhead. Yeah, how he would know that, I have no fucking idea. You, but fucking <laughs> wasting away in purgatory. Appearing in this one girl's dreams about her dad. That's <laughs> so fucking stupid. What does that have to do with her dad? For? It has nothing. It's so fucking nuts. Um, and she's confused and she's like, I didn't bring it through a window. Suddenly, the world around her changes into a field. There's no Elliot, just her old man uh, who's able to talk to her. Um, and it's like, oh, I don't understand. They hug. But you get a glimpse at his eyes. This is not her dad. Uh, and he says, they had. They said you have something uh, you won't need anymore. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's this fucking cube. And gives it to him. And then it's immediately Pinhead. Um, and he has a great line there where he says, human dreams are such fertile ground for feeding the seeds of torment. Man, why couldn't she just write everyone's lines like good? I, I don't know. I, I, don't I know. said it in the beginning. These two movies have good lines from Pinhead. Like very quotable yeah. lines. Yeah, and then fucking Joey goes, "You bastard! You invaded my mind." He's trying to kill you, Joey. Like that's the least, <laughs> the least of your, of your concern. concern. <laughs> From fucking hell! Hey, that's not very f- fair. You're kidding me? Um, he's about to kill her, but then Elliot shows up, and uh, even though they didn't go through the window, he says, "You went through the window of her mind," which allows Elliot to show up, which is. Rough and a rough explanation, but you know, it's fine. You, know, you got you could they made it work. <laughs> they made it work. Uh Pinhead puts Joey in some fucking sexy leather kinky shit. Um and Elliot's like, oh fart. Like, cause like he's like, hey Elliot, you wanna what now what are you gonna do? And Elliot's like, oh, I can't control myself. Which again is just everyone on 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 the crew being like, hey, uh, we should probably tie this back into like what Pinhead's about <laughs> like and make some sex. S&M. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very odd. It's yeah. Um, but it doesn't work. They fight, then they merge. Um, but Pinhead really just absorbs them. And then you think Pinhead's totally in control, but then Elliot's like, uh, run, Dude. But then loses control immediately. <laughs> dude, that face is so fucking bad, dude. That face, the CGI'd Elliot face over Pinhead. Guys. It's all he's in, <laughs> he's in the costume. Just take off the fucking mask and film it. They Instead, they CGI Elliot's face over it. It's it's psychotic. Great point, because it's the same actor, right? The, yeah. Could have been way take easier. Take off the fucking makeup. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. Anyway. Um. She says, go to hell and stabs him with the uh, limit configuration, which is, in which is the Leviathan the diamond. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which she would not know anything about, but that's fine. Uh, she's back home. She shoves the c- cube in some wet concrete that she conveniently finds on the s- street, uh, which turns into the foundation of a building. And in the end, we see a building built on that on that foundation, and it has fucking fucking lament configurations lament. all over it. <laughs> <laughs> the interior design is the lament configuration. And that's the end <laughs> of the movie, by the way. <laughs> Listen, Hellraiser 3, compared to the first two, is very dumb. Yes. Uh, my, I don't really have many positive things to say other than the church scene and the massacre scene. 
but I also don't absolutely hate it. Like I, I think I would rate it a two and a half because it's kind of fun to sit through, but it doesn't even compare to the first. No, not not even pale, the same ballpark. Pale, pale. But here's the thing: as as bad as these movies get, it's not like a super sharp decline. I feel like it's like a very gradual like decline. I'm curious what the next movies are going to be like. Um, Cause it's not going to get better. I mean, this was pretty sharp from two to three is pretty fucking sharp. That's probably the sharpest decline though. I'll agree with that so far. Three to to four. four, It's like, we're like, okay, we're still going, we're trending downwards for sure, but it's not, it's not like, I don't know, like four as bad as it is. And I'm going to rip four apart. um, It's not, the worst thing I've ever seen. Four actually isn't as bad as I thought it would be, to be perfectly honest with you. I thought it'd be yeah. worse. Yeah. So four is um, the last Hellraiser film to be released theatrically. The last to have any major um, official involvement with Clive Barker. Um, and the final installment of the original chrono- series chronologically. I don't understand what that means. I'm assuming they're going to go back to... Because they go to the future in this, so I assume the next one they're going to go back to the 90s or 2000s or whatever the fuck it is. Um, so I imagine that's what they mean, but what a weird statement to make. Um, so Clive comes back as executive producer, um, and he's got this idea of a shape-shifting building that traps Pinhead. That's kind of what he wants to base the movie on, because that's where they leave off on three. Three. Uh cl- Clive wanted to do the movie as a three-part movie um, set in different periods. Okay. I'm fine with that. Uh, Miramax greenlights it. They don't read it, though. They're just like, great. Whatever you want to do. Okay? (laughs) So they they do the screenplay. Then Miramax is like, oh, yeah, we're not paying for this. That's crazy. Which is nuts because everyone is already fucking, like, on board with this, right? Like... Doug Bradley reads the script and he's like, yeah, I'm in like, they're getting people involved in this that like are basing it on this original script. And then Miramax, I mean, for a million reasons, but like, fuck the Weinsteins, man. Like what the, these guys were such fucking dipshit fucks, like fucking insane. But anyway, they, they, they wanted to get Stuart Gordon originally, you know, reanimator fame. Uh, and he he backed out because he said artistic disagreements. But you know it was just the Weinstein's being like, hey, uh, you have to have this ending and this and this. Oh, for sure. And, and even the even Stuart Gordon choice is a little odd because they bring on Kevin Yeager. And the reason they bring him on is because they wanted to save money on special effects because he was a special effects guy. Which, isn't that Stuart Gordon's deal too? Like, he's like a special effects guy. Like... Is that is any or am I do I have that wrong? Um, I thought he was. Um, Stuart did Stuart Reanimator and uh, the Dolls movie Castle Freak. I feel like he had a big hand in like special effects, but maybe not. Maybe I'm. Uh, are you thinking of Yunza Yuzna Brian Yuzna because he worked on those movies? Oh yeah, I guess so. That's probably what it is. He just, I mean, he just does like cool movies. Um, anyway. So, yeah, so Stuart Gordon says no. Uh, Kevin Yeager does it. He's a special effects guy. They do it to save money. Um, and he, again, only takes it based on the script. And and Clive Barker being like, hey, this is my vision. 
Um, and he's like, dude, like, yeah, like, let's do it. And then, of course, none of that is what happens. Uh, Kevin Yeager directed, well, no, I'm sorry. He did the special effects for Nightmare 2, 3, 4, and 5. He did Face Off, Volcano, Starship Troopers, Tales from the Crypt. He designed the fucking Chucky doll. Yes. What a fucking feat, man. What a fucking yes. credit to to your fucking name. Like, is anything like more fucking iconic and horror than fucking the Chucky doll? Like, no, th- that's that's big. Like, like that's nuts. He also did the fat video for Weird Al. Yep, <laughs> yep. The, probably his crowning achievement, dude. That and he did uh, Honey, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, which ties back to Stuart Gordon, who created the characters for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Is that true? That is very true. Holy shit, look at that. This is the only movie he directed, um, and it didn't go so well because he asked for his name to be fucking removed from it at the end because Miramax made so many changes after filming was done. Uh, So, of course, he took on the credited name Alan Smithy, an old Hollywood, uh, Hollywood, uh, what would you call it, little trick. When he didn't want to, when the director backed out of his credit, um, the uh, the DGA allowed you to use the t- name Alan Smithy instead. Yes. Um, so that's that. They bring on Joe Chappelle, who actually great director, great television director, uh, to wire. film those last scenes, dude. The Wire, and he filmed that fucking episode of The Wire, uh, Middle Ground, which is the best episode ever. That's the one where um, fucking Omar and Brother Mazone fucking. Get Stringer in the fucking empty building. Yeah. yeah that episode episode. fucking rocks. That episode fucking rules. Which is wild because um, he also did uh, Halloween 5. <laughs> well, <laughs> win some, lose some. <laughs> and uh, Doug Bradley joins because he's like, yeah, this is a great script because we're not focusing solely on Pinhead anymore. It's great. And then immediately... Uh, the budget gets reduced, the characters get reduced, and Miramax is like, yeah, no, we're focusing solely on Pinhead, actually. Like, I don't, like, they're like we don't want a scene without Pinhead, <laughs> uh, which is great. Uh, Miramax also saw the 110-minute cut in early 1995, gets pissed, and demands more Pinhead and to cut the fucking length of the fucking movie. <laughs> and that is when uh, Jaeger drops out of the... Uh, the movie he's done final yes. cut ends up being 85 minutes so uh bloodline not screened for critics can't imagine why <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> released in 96 grossed 4.5 million opening weekend came in fifth and uh ends its run with 9.3 so we are uh on the decline baby yes stars adam scott somehow how yeah he must have been really fucking young right i mean this was what year 96 is that what it yeah. came out yeah um, i think he was on boy meets world at the time because he was the oh, bully. i forgot he was fucking on that yeah That's he took over uh, for harvey so it had to be around the same time uh so he was an up-and-comer that's cool all right well i got a little clip here of him talking to conan O'Brien about uh his uh his uh, his experience uh on Hellraiser Bloodline. All right. 
your beginnings? Because yeah. obviously you have this, uh, this great career, very impressive career, but I always like to try and bring people back to when they're, when they're first starting yeah. out. And I didn't realize this. You got started out in a horror movie yeah. in 1996. Yeah. A movie called Hellraiser Bloodline. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I didn't realize. Yeah. We have... We have a picture of you, a yeah. still of you from Hellraiser Bloodline. There you are. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Which number Hellraiser was that? Uh, the fourth. The fourth. I just yeah. want to tell everybody that photo, don't worry, it's not real. That was like <laughs> makeup and effects and stuff, yeah. so, uh-huh. so it's, it's fine. So uh, I'm curious, was that, I mean, you must have been, because you're, you're still a young guy, that you yeah. must have been uh, thrilled to get a movie at that age. You yeah. were very young at the time. Oh, it was such a big deal it was the first like real movie i got a a a role in and i mean i really did think like oh well this is it right i mean it's all downhill from here like i am now it's gonna be everything that happened before hellraiser bloodline and then everything after like right i may as well just go talk to my friends and just say listen guys it's not a big deal i'm still the same guy (laughs) yeah I still put my pants on one foot at a time. Don't worry about it. It's just, it's Adam. It's me. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, um, I really felt like this was going to be it. And so uh, the day came where I started the movie. I got up extra early. I went, drove to like a real movie set with like trailers and cameras and the trucks everywhere. Um, I go to hair and makeup. They put a wig on me and this like outlandish costume. I have a, a, a dress, a trailer. It's like a small one where the toilet is like next to the chair where you eat your food, but still. <laughs> and they knock on the door and they're ready for you. And like I went, and they walk me to the set. And they're like, oh, we're going to bring you to your chair. And I was like, oh my God, I get a chair? A chair, like a Hollywood movie with yeah, your name on that it. That iconic chair, yeah. Yes. And they bring me over and, and they, they're like, okay, here you go. And the chair, there is a chair and it says Adam Craig on the chair, <laughs> which isn't my name. No. Yeah. Your name is Adam Scott. So yeah. what was the deal? Uh, I don't know. I didn't mention it because I was too scared. <laughs> <laughs> they just had your name. So there wasn't another person on the set named Adam Craig? No. Someone just didn't care and wrote Adam <laughs> <laughs> because it was Hellraiser Bloodline and who cares? <laughs> I just wasn't aware of that yet. <laughs> well, it got you launched, you know? Yeah, it sure did. That's how we all know you. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the only movies directed by Alan Smythe, which is the name that the D- Directors Guild uses if no one wants to take credit for the movie. Oh, is that true? Yeah, it's like one of three movies directed by Alan Smythe. Wait, that's the name they use on movies if no one wants to take credit for that's it? That's right. We should start calling this show Smythe. <laughs> <laughs> it's Smythe! And then I come out and I'm like, yeah. Oh, it's me. <laughs> no, he didn't like it. So there's, there you go. He mentioned uh, his wig. It is the shittiest interview so with nuts. a vampire leftover wig. Like it belonged on Tom Cruise's character. It is never, it is so ill fitting. It looks like it's going to fall off at any time. <laughs> Dude, it totally does. Um, and despite him saying that there was only three Alan Smithy movies, there's, this That's was actually the, the, the 500. This, this, yeah, this was actually the 24th. Uh, so a little, a little off, but that's okay. Um, I do like that story though. Cause like, dude, like getting bloodline, like regardless, like getting a Hellraiser movie as your first movie, it's like, it is like, this is great, but it is also like, this is the last movie I do probably like, 
you know, like, fuck, like, you don't know. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's all I've got there. Um, do you, what am I going to say? What am I, what am I trying to say? Ready to get into this one? Oh, oh, am I? Dude, this one's nuts. This one's nuts. This movie opens up in fucking space. Yeah. The space station Minos. The year 2127. Yes. Who thought about this? Like, I appreciate Clive's attempt at the, like, three. And by the way, that's what I was trying to say earlier was, like, I think the idea of the three different time periods is fine. But because of the budget cuts and shit, they had to, like, condense it all and, like, cram it all together and it's very all over the place. It was it was supposed to be like linear. It was supposed to be like part one, the past, part two, the present, part three, the future. Yeah. And that, that could have been pretty cool. But like the way they do this is like kind of insane. <laughs> kind of but like, it, like we said before, they kind of pull it off, man. Like this could have been it's a f- bigger mess. It could have been a way bigger mess. The bones, the bones are good. The bones are there and the bones are good. And, and I think that's all that holds this together is like Clive's idea. Clive's concept is solid on this, I think. Um, and I think it's unfortunate that they had to do the budget cuts because it just like makes it cheap. It makes it feel yeah. cheaper than it is. Um, it's also crazy. That we- this is 1996. And like we better throw in a lot of homages to Terminator 2 judgment, <laughs> judgment day. <laughs> it's so dude, it's so fucking bizarre. And it's 96 and like <sighs> you're in outer space and you're showing the shittiest technology. Like my issue with all of these fucking movies is like Star Wars set a template that you don't need to fucking expose yourself. Just make up some outlandish fucking technology and instead they oh, are always using like the green grid computer screens. And it's like, this looks like fucking shit. It looks like 96's computers because it is like a fucking f- fix it. What the fuck are you doing? Anyway, on this machine, a man is using a robot to play with the fucking lament configuration. <laughs> and, uh, uh, the robot, fi- the robot opens it. Of course it, and- of course it does. And Pinhead comes out, and dude, of course it does. And Pinhead comes out and kills the robot, and is like, "I'm gonna get you, basically." <laughs> um, and we find out that this guy is like the fucking Elon Musk of like fucking rocket ships. He built the fucking rocket ship, uh, and he's lost his fucking mind <laughs> and locked himself in his room trying to play with the fucking lament configuration, uh, trying to like do his own shit. So they've sent space police out to fucking arrest him uh, and take him off his own ship because he's, he's lost his goddamn marbles and uh, they don't know what the fuck's going on out there. Right. Um, the, the spaceman tells us his ancestors built the box uh, for a guy who was a leader of, of a, the occult uh, and uh, who he will, uh, he plays his part also. He play, he play, everyone plays their like ancestors they, part. Dude, they reuse everybody for all three time periods. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. I that's just not done enough. Let's just like, that's just not done enough. I we need to see more of that. Um. Anyway, so we go back in time. 
to the toy maker, as he'll be often referred to. Uh, this guy's ancestor. Uh, oh. I don't know what the time period is. Yeah, it's like France, 1800s probably. I don't know. Yeah, um, 1800s. I think I had it written down somewhere. But hey, he, whatever. He's 1796. Whole, 1796. That was close. Uh, he's super bent out of shape though, because he builds the lament configuration and shows his wife. And uh, his wife's like, I don't, <laughs> get, oh, I don't cool. get it. <laughs> She's like, what? what's so good about that? And he's like, oh, I'm going to show this to somebody who gives a shit. Uh, so he goes and he shows it to Adam Scott and this old guy who also don't give a shit. They're just like, yeah, thanks. And, and like fucking kick him the fuck out. <laughs> this fucking guy. Uh, Adam Scott is the... Uh, he's the assistant of... of, of Duke La, uh, de la Isle, I think is his I name. did not catch any other names, so good for you. Thank you for doing that. Uh, <laughs> I, think his name, I think his name is Jacques. Jacques. Uh, Duke, and, Duke and Jacques are fucking around. Uh, they're, they're just killing people. Uh, they bring a woman in, tie her to a chair, strangle her to death. Um, they get the lament configuration. They then cut her to shreds. And we're seeing the beginning of Pinhead. Yes, it's it's actually I actually kind of like this scene yeah. because you, you're watching them just like organ peel harvest off her this, skin. This woman, yeah, They're, they it's peel crazy. off her fucking skin. It's crazy. Um, it 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 it's it's nuts. Uh, they they end up taking the skin suit and like tying it to chains with hooks. Again, little you know we're there, um, and uh, they. F- they do a chant. They do some black magic. The suit gets filled. And we are introduced to Angelique, yes. who is our the old, as we'll find out, the old ruler of hell. Yes. And also worth noting that Duke, as, as I'm not going to say his whole name again, um, he gave Lamachand the directions to build this box because he knew that this would open like a portal to hell. So he tricked him into building it so that this would happen. Right. And, and and the toy maker goes to his friend after this and is like, I made the portal to hell. And the guy's like, well, you're an idiot. <laughs> and, 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 and he's like, well, what am I going to do? And the guy's like, I don't know, fucking make a portal to not hell. Like, I don't know, figure it out. You fucking made it. You fucking dipshit. Like, which what, is what he does. Which is what he does. Which is what he does. Let's make a light box. Make a box to close the portal. And it's all this guy who's like, honestly, so fucking irritated that the toy makers come to him with this problem. He's like, dude, this sounds like only you can fucking solve this. Like, what? I don't fucking, A, I don't believe you. B, Sounds like you need to get to fucking work because I can't make it. So fucking also, the deal toy, with the, it. Did the toy maker watch the entire murder and the summoning of the demon through the window? It <laughs> did nothing to stop it. Did nothing. Um, so he sneaks into the house of the rich people where he finds Angelique like torturing Adam Scott and fucking him at the same time. And they also find the Duke with the fucking barbed wire wrapped around his mouth. So like signs of like pinhead and the Cenobites, uh, yeah, like the the origins of those things, um, but they catch him. They catch the toy maker uh, Adam Scott, who is Jacques. Jacques. Jacques demands that she kill him, um, and says his bloodline is cursed. Thus the name, which she does. But 
his wife also sneaks into the house. His pregnant wife also sneaks into the house for some reason. And he's like, go home and save the baby. Which, like, yeah, why would you even go there? That's fucking insane. But uh, that's that's what she does. Uh, and then we go to the 90s. We go to 1996. Yes. Where, again, the same cast is playing the next set of characters. <laughs> the ancestors. Um, and our guy is now an architect. He's not a toy maker. He's an architect. And he's the one that has built the Lament configuration building that we saw at the end of. See, Part I think three. that's cool. They tied it back. They explained I like it. it. I could it. not I could not believe that we went back there. I was like in in a good way. Like I couldn't like I was like, they're just gonna write that shit off, I think. Like they're just gonna be like, Well, that's the end of that. Uh but no, that that is very much prominent in this. Uh the the yeah. building has a purpose in this movie. Um and he has built it. Um, and he has been having dreams all of his life of Angelique. Yes. Which his wife blames on his grandmother being nice to him. <laughs> which was odd. She was like, this is all because your grandmother says you're the best. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> fucking nightmare. And again, like a fucking weird like storyline with him and his wife that could be like um, meaningful. And they cut it off like there's a moment where like angelique calls him in the middle of the night and you could see she's frustrated that's that's the end of that that's like but like that that had some momentum like i could see that working yeah um but anyway uh his kids playing with connects can we talk about how shitty connects were for a second you're a big uh erector set guy motherfucker i i'm a lingo boy actually i had a shitload of connects but i just fucking hated them they were so hard to fucking... Okay, man. They're, they're, they were kind of hard to snap together. But they you were could do so more. You, hard to snap. You had better angles than Legos. I remember you could fucking, like... I remember there was, like, a... There was some type of, like, movement where you'd either press it in or press it out where it would just, like, snap your fucking finger and you were just like... Yeah, fucking sucks. Talk about. <laughs> fucking sucks. Um, anyway, we cut to Paris, 1996, where Angelique is alive and well... And yeah. as is Adam's, uh, as is Jacques. Jacques. Um, Angelique sees the toy maker on the cover of the magazine, or the toy maker's ancestor, and she's like, I have to go to America and kill him. Will you let me go? And Jacques is like, no. And she's like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to fucking kill you then. <laughs> and then he's like, wait, I'll let you go. But it's too late. She, she resolves that conflict uh, immediately. <laughs> Immediately, she just so fucking fun. murders them without second thought. And by the way, they've been living together since 1796 and without issue. And suddenly in 1996, she's like, well, it's time to die. Like, <laughs> instantly. Um, she says, you broke the number one rule, Jacques. You stood in the way in hell. You stood in hell's way, which I actually did like that. Um. We go back to New York City where John Merchant, who is now the name of the the, the, the toy Big maker's yeah. ancestor, accepts an award for the fucking – he's got puzzle boxes all around him. It's crazy. And he sees Angelique in the crowd, which causes him to get shaken up, rightfully so. Um, instead of attacking him, she takes home some random putts who uh, – yeah, she goes, I, but she does drop the, uh, I have such sights to show you. She does. And she gives him the puzzle box. Um, she got by punching a hole in a concrete column. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a little weird. Uh, that's where she buried yeah. it from. That's where it was buried. And she knew. So is she that what I was just about yeah. to ask? That? Is that what we're supposed yeah. to think? That's fucking crazy. But okay. Because um, that it was very much on the ground. But that's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. He, of course, unlocks it because everyone does. And uh, standard pinhead treatment here. But pinhead kills him. Retrieves his own cube. Um and meets Angelique, who he knows. Yes. Because she's a hell alumni. Uh, Pinhead says, hell is more organized and less fun since she left. And I think that's supposed to be him complimenting himself. Um, Angelique. And, and I read that uh, the original script was supposed to be like, Pinhead and Angelique were going to go like toe to fucking toe. And like, they did not like each other. But, of course, Miramax was like, make them have some sexual tension. <laughs> Give it the Bride of Frankenstein treatment, which, like, those two were never even. They, I mean, there's so much p- potential with them being at war and being demonic figures, oh, right? And both and both at the it. same endgame. Like, uh, New York would have been crippled. You know, they could have been pure destruction. Oh, yeah. And, and I really do love the idea of, like, Angelique being the old runner of hell and, like, Somebody new coming in and being like, no, 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 this isn't good time. Like, this is, we're going to fucking torture fucking everyone. Yeah. Uh, I, f- I fucking love that. I do think that that's cool. Um, Angelique then goes to uh, John Merchant's office uh, where he's looking at the lament configuration on his computer. The, the, the one that would close the portal, basically. Um and she tells him, like, she is very upfront. She's like, you're the bloodline of the toy maker, <laughs> which is crazy. Uh, and you know everything about the past. Um, and that you building that building is not a fucking coincidence. You built that building because you're related to this guy. Um, and I thought that was actually kind of cool to, like, not hide it from him. So it wasn't so much like, what's going on? Like, she's like, hey, bitch, like this is what you're doing and uh i hate you for it <laughs> like, <laughs> like i'm gonna kill you for it um then she fucks him in his dreams um yeah i thought we were gonna get Indeed. more out of that but we don't we do i mean they have a whole nother <laughs> century to uh show us <laughs> can't be wasting time and, on that and and pinhead even like the Pinhead Angelique thing is summed up here. Pinhead had just has like a very short moment where he's like, Angelique is pissing me off. And that's like essentially all that he says. He's just like, I hate this. And she's wasting my fucking time. And that's, that's like kind of all this, the tension we get there, which is a bummer. Um, also, Pinhead is a dog now. <laughs> yeah. That, which might, that might have like been, dude, my, yeah, it might've been a human before. To be honest with you, that's it's like that's human cool. size. That's kind of cool. I, I've I, okay. I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Uh, we get some security guards in the building who who hear Pinhead laughing maniacally and are like, "Oh, I think the building's just settling." <laughs> uh, and they go. They they end up walking in on Pinhead and Angelique, and they say, "They're Don't brothers, make us by the put- way." Oh, are they? Because doesn't he say he's like, "Don't kill me without my brother," or "Don't don't leave me without oh, my brother," and then yeah, Pinhead's like, so, yeah. "Don't worry, I won't." <laughs> make some make some conjoined twins, a conjoined well, twin Cenobite. The great dude, that's the fucking most insane thing. But they go, "Don't make us put some pain on you," and then Pinhead lays on him, 
gentlemen, I am pain. Yes, which great line. Fucking fucking pain it fucking rules. Um Anyway, he uh yeah, like you said, he melds them together and makes them conjoined <laughs> by the head. <laughs> Injects him with that seno sauce uh and fucking turns them into cenobites right in front of us. Um anyway, Hellraiser's like, I'm gonna fuck the toy maker by killing his kid, which It's pretty demonic. Solid plan. Yeah, <laughs> that'll do it. That'll fucking do it. Um, so he goes to the house and takes the fucking kid, uh, which his wife doesn't do much to stop. And uh, when she asks why, he says, I want bait, live bait. Uh, John enters. Uh, which again, he- he's a fucking demon from hell. What are you doing? Why You don't need to negotiate. Just take it. Just go torture the guy and give it to you. <laughs> John enters Pinhead's realm, uh, and when going to save his family, encounters the Chatter Dog and Pinhead. I don't really understand what what is happening here, but and I don't really understand why, like Pinhead, like the biggest question mark on this for me is like the Pinhead Angelique thing. Just like, why does Pinhead give a fuck? Well, because because Angelique. Now wants because she like we said she does not enjoy Hell's new strict regime, so she wants to force Merchant to activate the what, what do they call it the Elsium configuration? Oh right, to close. So the it'll portal. it'll destroy Hell. Yeah. So okay. So she could be free. <laughs> yeah, and, th- and that's what happens. But Mike, but Merchant's but Merchant's new prototype is a piece of shit, and it doesn't work. Yeah. So then, Pinhead gets pissed and he kills Merchant. Yeah, and, and and Merchant says, "For God's sake!" And Pinhead goes, "Do I look like someone who cares what God thinks?" No, that's not what he's saying. Pinhead <laughs> express everything fucking so idiot. fucking literally. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking moron. Every time, every time, <laughs> every, every single time. Don't mention anything fucking religious in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um. Wait. Oh, yeah. So that hasn't happened yet. So, okay. So while that's going on, right, the wife's being chased by the chatterbox dog. Um, and she has some of the worst one-liners. She goes, does this pathway, does this pathway work both ways? Talking about the fucking cube, which, why would you? Anyway. <laughs> um, Angelique has the kid. Um, and Pinhead has the toy maker there and fucking decapitates him that this scene fucking not one of the best kills in all of the movies uh, that's not an exaggeration yeah. that that no. kill is great no it's amazing and very shocking to lose this character who you thought i mean for no reason really but you, you assumed he would survive somehow um but it turns out that the kid that angelique had was actually who we see in the spaceship later on that that's who that is um, all grown up, I believe, right? I don't think that's possible. Because oh yeah, twenty one, twenty seven. So he'd be the one after him. that. That's his daddy. That's his daddy. I think. I'm Her still granddaddy. not sure that's possible. But he keeps the bloodline going, dude. That's one hundred twenty seven years. Yeah, but if I had a kid right now, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. 
<laughs> you do. And he's not <laughs> 21, 27. That's a long time, man. <laughs> All right. So maybe great grand. He, he just, he just keeps the bloodline going. We'll say. Oh, see, that's like less exciting. Okay. That's fine though. All right. Cool. Pinhead. Um, well, all right. Anyway, the wife comes up with the puzzle cube, drops it, and it sucks up Angelique and Pinhead. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> because that box can be opened and used by anybody. <laughs> we go back to space, though. Thank goodness. <laughs> don't forget. Don't you think but, but, we forgot but, about our space you, adventures? By the way, in the, in the beginning, I loved because Dr. Merchant has like gone insane, right? So the police, the space police are there to lock him up. And Dr. Merchant to, to one of the police officers is just like, if I tell you my story, will you let me go? And the, and the cops, the space cop was like, yeah, okay. Like that, what? That's how it works. Also, that who would I, believe your story? I picked that up also. He was like, I'm going to tell you this story. <laughs> and if I do, you have to let me free. And she's like, yeah. For sure. And his story <laughs> is what we just watched. It, it, right. It's century old. Gives tales. you nothing. <laughs> and then thankfully, as soon as he ends, we're back in the present time. The other guy's like, uh, yeah, I don't believe anything that you just said. And I don't <laughs> so I'm, I'm locking you up right now. <laughs> and like for them, like, dude, 1796 ancient history for us. Like for them, it's even further, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking insane. Um, Anyway, we rewatch what happened an hour ago with fucking <laughs> Merchant begging to, to, with Merchant fucking using the robot to open the thing and talking to fucking Pinhead and shit. We have to rewatch all that, which is whatever. Um, and then they start playing tricks on the fucking space police by making like kids cry where the space cops. There's no fucking kids on the fucking spaceship, you fucking idiot. But the space cop is like, what the fuck? Shoots open the door. Freeing our fucking demons. Yes. Pinhead immediately rips off his skin, of course, because that's just his <laughs> fucking move. The only thing he can do. Yeah. He's just turning everyone into Cenobites now. Just everyone, everyone gets to be one now because Angelique is a, a Cenobite now. Yes. Hmm. Um. She tricks more space police to show up. She rips off their heads. I, dude, one of my I favorite. I think I kind of like this movie. Now that we're talking it, about it, one of my favorite. One of my favorite lines. I think I do too. One of my favorite lines too is uh, one of the guys sees Pinhead, and one of the space police sees Pinhead and goes, "What plant? What the fuck planet are you from?" I was like, "That's a smart line. It's yeah. a fucking. Smart. We're in space, man. Like that's a fucking. Yeah. Like what are like we're? You're not like a demon. Like what fucking planet are you from?" Um, Pinhead, of course, fucking kills him <laughs> instantly. Dude, Pinhead uh, can only kill the most meaningless people. That's like, it. Why and can't he, kills he just so do this? Yeah. <laughs> Easily. He do it all the time. Yapping. Uh, and we really only have one space police left. No, two space police officers left. Uh, one is this guy who's like, hey, we can't leave without Carducci. I don't know who the fuck Carducci is, but definitely fucking dead. <laughs> Saying that name like we fucking know or give a shit. Uh, <laughs> Wait, dude, can I just tell, 
I was thinking about it the other day. I was at this concert recently, and there's a guy just walking around being like, hey, when Mike finds out you guys are acting wild, he's not going to be pleased. Nobody there knows who Mike is or who you are. And just walking around, making eye contact with people being like, better watch out till Mike finds out. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Mike must have been furious when he found out that some guy was walking around <laughs> saying that. Like, not at anyone else, just this guy using his fucking name. Nobody knows who Mike is. <laughs> People are so fucking weird. Um, well, hey, guess who's back? The fucking uh, conjoined twins from the fucking nineties are here. Um, <laughs> and they why are they, they still kill around? a cop? They kill a cop by unmerging themselves, unconjoining themselves, and then conjoining themselves again with him in the middle. Just a little, a little freak sandwich right there. Just fucking crush him. I guess I don't know. Fucking weird. <laughs> fucking weird shit. Um, <laughs> Merchant is doing something. I don't know what to stop Pinhead. I I, I don't understand what he's doing. Uh, but they finally have their face to face. And Pinhead is like, no escape. You're done. Uh, but then we see him. We see Merchant walking up to the last cop who was the one that was interrogating him and being like, <laughs> get on the fucking escape pod and leave. And she's like, I'm not leaving without you. And he's like, yeah, I fucking know. He's like, I'll <laughs> you fucking idiot. I'm not fucking dying here. What do you think? I'm a moron. And you're like, well, so fucking nuts. <laughs> Cause you literally just told her to leave, but that's okay. I guess he's so aggressive about that. He's like, I'm not a fucking idiot. I'm not going to fucking die on this ship. Oh, all right. Uh, turns out, Pinhead is talking to a hologram. Yes. And during all this, Merchant has, Merchant has figured out a way to perfect the reverse lament configuration. And the spaceship is it. Which is. Yeah. Which is the Elysium, Elysium, however you say it, configuration. I like it. I Dude, this like movie is... I think I actually I think I like all uh, both movies we just covered now. The greatest greatest Listen, franchise of all time to this point. They're different. They're very different. They're very different than the first two. But if we saw 3 and 4 separately, I feel like we'd be like, yeah, this is like a fun franchise. This is a fun little franchise. Agree. Uh Agree. I think it's I think it's got a tough it's a tough act to follow Hellraiser 1. And then two, even. Um, but especially one. Yeah. Such a different vibe. Um, Pinhead is just fucking torn to shreds. Fucking blood all over his face. Is this, is this the first time we see blood on P- Pinhead? It might yeah, be. Yeah, because in two, he gets, you know, the blue electricity. Again, he's, uh, he's people. Yeah. Um, but he's covered in blood. Um, and the space cop and merchant escape on the shuttle. His face is falling apart. The fucking space cube explodes. Merchant says, welcome to oblivion. And we see our spaceship flying towards Earth. Yeah. The end. And and there's, there's nothing to indicate that the box is going to be found. I mean, it's in outer space now. The, the, it the explodes, franchise... Explodes. Right, and it's in outer space. Like you can't have like the the dust particles. Any- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The franchise <laughs> should have ended here, right? Right, right, right. You're not gonna pull them out of a frozen lake on another planet. No. 
And I would have been fine with this ending. I haven't seen the other ones, so I don't know if they're going to win me over. So like we are day. entering uncharted territory with the next two, uh, or well, the next, yeah, the next two serial killer episodes. Um, the next one, buckle up because it's three fucking movies. Huh. Um, yeah, I don't know how we're going to fucking pull that off. Um, well, here's the thing. The facts are getting less and less every movie we go yeah. we go into. Four has like nothing. Four is like four there was like no videos, there was no behind the scenes, there was not a lot of info on that. Um so I imagine Inferno, Hellseeker and Deader probably in line with that. Yeah, and you know what? I I just said uh they should have ended the franchise uh all, all of these are prequels to this movie that we just watched. So correct. That that that's what I thought because it was like it was like um, that's what they meant. I think by chronologically or something. It's the last chronological one. So we're gonna go back in time. We're gonna go back to present day with these movies. We, so next week we're gonna do Inferno, Hellseeker, and Debtor. Uh, then we're gonna do our live show Hellworld, which I believe is the internet one. The hopefully, internet one. it sure is. <laughs> which I'm so excited about. That'll be January 21st. Uh which is that a good day? That is No, that is my son's no. birthday party. Um yes. Yeah, but our live shows are later. I mean, yeah, it's I should be able nine. to swing it. Uh, I I'll All be right. able to swing it. Yeah. Keep it. All right. Um and then we could then we got then we take our break and then we have uh uh January 31st we're going to wrap it up with revelations judgment and we'll touch on the 2020 the remake yeah. the remake that makes and sense because all three of those don't have doug bradley as pinhead is that true that is true oh i thought revelations and judgment did look at the cover of revelations <laughs> it's like a fucking i thought idiot. it was just a hatchet job <laughs> no dude it's an idiot uh, I do want to give a shout out to uh, a listener. Um, let me get his name here. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Um, I should have pulled this up. Alex Schwartz. I think. I think we've met him. I think he was at our Chicago show. Um, he is a hedgehog. Cute little hedgehog. Uh, named Pinhead. Or no, yes, named Pinhead. Is a hedgehog named Pinhead. Very fitting. They were going to name him Doug or Bradley, um, but they ended up choosing something with a little more of an edge. I like it. I like it, too. So thank you, Alex, for sharing that with us. Um, all right. That's it, guys. Thank you all so much. Uh, if you want to support us, patreon.com slash I hate horror. Uh we got a new ADAT episode covering uh, some spooky Connecticut stuff, seeing that we're from Connecticut. Uh, that just dropped Friday, I think. Um, so we have that. Uh, we got uh, the live show coming up. So, uh, And I know we're recording on Sundays a lot now, so you guys don't get like the early access, which I try to get it out as soon as possible, but... When we record on Sundays, it's tough. But we'll get it's, back to it. Don't worry. Yeah, it's like to offer explanation to that. When you have to watch multiple movies, it's kind of harder it's with work and life and stuff to get it the, the episode done on Friday. So yeah, it's serial killer will probably be Sundays. Yeah, for sure. So 
that's that. Uh, so patreon.com slash I hate horror, I hate horror.com, uh, facebook.com slash I hate horror and Instagram at I hate horror. Joe, where can they find you? Uh, Instagram Brugnish1985. And that's a wrap guys. Thank you all so much. Thanks to Joe. And for Joe, this is Sean. Stay weird. Thank you. Adios. Fucking zombie getting sliced and diced. <laughs>